We're halfway through the Pelican season, so what do we truly know about the team? And the NBA's trade deadline is going to be here before we know it, so let's run down what the Pelicans' trade assets are. It's the Thursday edition of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday and got a fun show planned. We're going to talk some trade deadline stuff. What are the Pelicans assets? What picks can they trade? What picks can they not trade? What players might people be interested in? And yes, we're going to touch on that trade exception, $17.1 million for them. Then we'll talk about the team. You know, what do we truly know about this team? What is their identity? What can we say for certain about them? And what does that mean? You know, all those two segments considered in the third, where do they go from here? What should they be targeting? Who should they be targeting? All of that in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, breaking down every single thing you want to know about the team Monday through Friday, whatever it is, we are covering it here Unlocked on Pelicans. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. All right, trade deadline, less than a month away. So what can the Pelicans trade? What can they do here, right? They've had a lot of picks coming in from the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks. They've sent some picks out in trades and deals. What do they have? So it's actually not as complicated as you might think. So in 2022, basically this upcoming draft, they have two first-round picks. There's a Lakers pick and their own pick. The Lakers pick went to the Memphis Grizzlies in the Jonas Valanciunas deal. It's top 10 protected for the Pelicans. It's likely the Lakers aren't going to fall into the top 10 as much as you all want that. They're probably still going to get into the playoffs. That pick's likely not going to convey to the New Orleans Pelicans. So kind of rule that one out. Then they have their own pick. That one is partially owed to the Charlotte Hornets in the Devontae Graham deal this offseason to sign him as a restricted free agent. They did a sign-in trade, even though they could have signed him outright, and it is top 14 protected. So the Memphis Grizzlies get it if it's not in the top 14. If it is in the top 14, where it stands right now, right, because the Pelicans are not in the playoffs, it's a lottery pick right now, the Pelicans keep it. Otherwise, it turns into two seconds for the Memphis Grizzlies. One conveys this year, one conveys in 2024. So right now, the Pelicans own part of this. So they can actually trade the 1 through 14 part that they are that they own. They cannot f- trade it unprotected. They can trade it 1 through 14. So in theory, Charlotte could own this pick 15 through 30, and another team could own it 1 through 14, or the Pelicans can own it. So they can trade the lottery portion of their 2022 first-round pick. Now, is a team interested in it 1 through 14, knowing that it might help put the Pelicans in in the playoffs, and then otherwise it'd be likely to convert to two seconds or something along those lines? Probably, depending on the player, 
but it probably does drive down that value just a little bit. So they can trade one through 14 with, you know, con, you know, contingencies on it that if it doesn't land in that, that team still got to get something for whatever player it is that they gave up. Two second round picks similar to what their what the pick is owed to Charlotte. You could probably use those same picks too. So if Charlotte gets it, the other team gets the two seconds. If the other team gets it, Charlotte gets those two seconds. Basically, that's what it would boil down to. So you could make that trade and trade your 2022 first round pick. But you cannot trade the Pelicans 2023 first round pick. And that's because of the stipend rule. You cannot owe consecutive first round picks. You must fully own your own to be able to trade one from a consecutive year. So because of that deal with Charlotte, where there's a chance they might get it, you can't trade the 2023 first round pick because you might be without both your picks in 2022. So the Pelicans right now can trade picks basically one through 14, wherever it might land 2022. And then any other first round pick that they want. And they have additional first round picks. They have three, three total left from the Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday trade. They have the option of the Lakers 2024 or 2025 pick that could be traded. They also own the Bucks pick in 2025 and 2027. So in theory, they could have three first round picks in 2025. So they can trade all of those. There's pick swaps in there. But to be honest, I'm not going to factor that in too much because one, their picks likely never going to be worse than the Milwaukee Bucks. And I doubt it's even going to be worse than the Los Angeles Lakers over the foreseeable future. So those are the additional first round picks that they have. And then you have a myriad of second round picks, but many of those are tied up in other deals and I don't value second round picks all of that highly. So you can trade your 2022 um, lot, like lottery portion of your first round pick, any other of your future picks outside of 2023, and then the Lakers pick that you'll get one year and two more Bucks picks. So there's still a good bit of draft capital. Are those Lakers picks and Bucks picks that valuable? Y- yes and no. You know the the most valuable one might have been the Pelicans in 2023. You know an unprotected first round pick could have done a lot for a team, but. You can't trade that, and so you still have some draft capital, some draft assets. It's just not a massive war chest. You know, you look at the players on this team. You know, who could potentially be traded? Not great options, to be perfectly honest. You know, Sadoransky is the only significant expiring contract. He's at $10 million, but if a team's looking for an expiring, there's just way better options. Like, there's just way better options out there. Marvin Bagley III, 11 million. Yusuf Nurkic, 12, right? Kyle Anderson, basically $10 million. Serge Ibaka, you know, is is a guy that you could trade for. Montrez Harrell. There's a lot of other players that you could trade for that give you more value this season while also being an inspiring expiring contract. So I don't feel like Sadoransky as an expiring by himself is very valuable. You got Garrett Temple, who's certainly expendable, but he's on a three-year deal, $5 million apiece. It was part of the signing trade. They gave him that contract. Is that that valuable? No, like no one wants that. No one's going to want two more years of him after this, even at you know, four and a half, five million million, $5 whatever it might be. So they don't really have players that are appealing, unfortunately. You know, you have Nikhil, you have Jackson Hayes, but... I don't think anyone's actually all of that interested in it, let alone for anything good that's going to help the Pelicans. So you're really relying on 
using that additional draft capital that you have to try and go and get a player that you think could be a difference maker for this team. So they're not in, you know, the best spot, unfortunately, when it comes to that. It just kind of, you know, really is what it is. You know, there's just not very many appealing players. Maybe Devontae Graham, maybe. You know, and then finally you have Josh Hart. He's kind of on that weird contract that it could be a two-year deal if the team wants it because it's not guaranteed next year. So you could trade him, and he wouldn't bounce after a year to the other team. But, you know, I want to keep Josh Hart. You know, I'd move him in the right deal, certainly, if that's what it took. Him and Sadoransky and a couple first-round picks to get you a guy like De'Aaron Fox or someone who could be a bit of a difference maker. But Josh Hart's been really, really good this year. You know, he adds a lot to the team. I like, you know, his play outside of his play, too. I don't know. I just don't look at this roster and be like, oh, man, there's some things that people will want here. Maybe Trey Murphy. You know, he hasn't played much. I don't know if he has a ton of value right now. It's not as low probably as Nikhil or Jackson Hayes is. There's potential there. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Then there's the trade exception. Let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Pelicans fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. And have you signed up yet? Because if you haven't, now is the perfect time. And for a limited time, Prize Picks is an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Users get $50 free. If a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, but you must use our promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available for locked on fans only who use the promo code NBA. It's free money right there. If your guy gets a single point, you're getting 50 bucks. There's no reason not to take advantage of that. And prize picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of, whether it's points, assists, rebounds, threes, whatever. Herb Jones, take the over on everything. Points for Brandon Ingram. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just that simple. It's you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against people with like a million screens trying to kind of dive into the details and use algorithms to find the best player and get an advantage. It's you versus the numbers, and you know your your favorite players, the guys that you want to pick in this, and if they're going to go over or under. And it takes like 30 seconds to make your picks. They also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on Brandon Ingram points and something from the NFL playoffs if you want. And so you get to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So go to prizepicks.com today or go to your App Store and download the app. And anyone who makes a deposit and uses our promo code will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. That's all you have to do. Make a deposit. Use our promo code. Get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. Thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every single day. Free and available five days a week for you all. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Don't rely on the box score only. You need the context around it. That's where the hosts from each side, the winner and the loser, gets to break down what the biggest story from that game was. Listen to Locked on Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked on NBA YouTube channel. All right, we're talking about trade deadline talk here for the Pelicans, right? We went over the picks that they have to trade. You know, basically just one they can't. That's about it. And part of, you know, another one. And they have the Lakers picks, the Bucks, or the Lakers pick, the Bucks picks, and all of their other first-round picks. So there's plenty of draft capital should they need to use that. Not very many players who are all that interesting, but they do have an exp- a, a, um, 
NBA trade exception. Basically, the way, and it's $17.1 million. The way this works basically is very simple. You absorb someone into that contract, into that spot. You can take someone up to $17.1 million and bring them in. And it is that simple. It's just really that easy. There's nothing else to it. Um, these, This is something that David Griffin really wanted. This was something that he really worked as an over-the-cap team to try and retain when he traded away Steven Adams. He could have signed outright Devontae Graham, but by giving up the first-round pick and kind of making it this multi-team deal, essentially know that it generated this trade exception, $17.1 million. That's useful. You know, some of these things have been used in the past, but you know what? They're not used all of that often. You know, you saw one used last year when the Celtics used the biggest one in NBA history to basically, the, the way it works is you can absorb someone into that salary cap slot and that's it. You can't package this with other things. You have to give up something in return usually. You need to just absorb someone's contract in there. So it's a team that doesn't want to pay this player anymore. You can just basically, oh, we'll, we'll take it over. We'll put it in here. That's it. So... It can be a useful thing if there's someone that is just kind of being jettisoned and a trade doesn't make sense because they make too much money. You know, I don't think it's really going to get used. I think David Griffin kind of overfactored this a little bit too much. You just don't see it work all of that much, right? You're looking at, you know, guys that kind of make $17 million or less. There's some. Gary Trent Jr. fits in there, but I think Toronto would want something for that. Davis Bertans is not good this year. He fits into that and makes a lot of money going forward. You know, you could take him on, but that's kind of a bad signing. You look at maybe using this on, say, an expiring guy, Patrick Beverly, Thad Young are names that maybe come to mind, but Thad Young doesn't want to be here, right? Patrick Beverly is not going to leave Minnesota. You could use it on a guy like Joe Ingles, but you would need to give up a lot for that. But you don't have to trade out going salary. But I also don't know if the Jazz really want to move on from someone like that. So it just essentially creates a little bit of a problem that you have this. I just don't know if there's anyone that makes sense that this would really get used. Maybe they'll bring someone smaller into it. You don't have to use the whole thing. But, you know, it's just these don't get used all that often. If he uses, if David Griffin manages to use it and pull it off, that's great. But when they're big like this, it's just it's a lot of money to just take on. And would Gail Benson be cool paying someone, say, $16 million additionally this year for a team that still might not get into the playoffs? If someone's just trying to jettison a dude, they're not probably worth that much. And so that, I think, is a big, big part of that. So we'll see if it gets used. I really don't think it will but you know i've been surprised by things before but they have that there you know some of the names that fit in there robert covington could fit into that right you know contavious caldwell pope or kyle kuzma could fit in there but kyle kuzma's good this year you know there's names like that and i don't know if that's anyone that's going to be you know that is attainable for new orleans that they could get but let me know look at the, go to nba dash or go to basketball dash reference on their contract page you can look at players who make this much money and see would anyone fit in there would it make a lot of sense um but let's move on from the trade stuff because we're halfway through the pelican season right we kind of have an idea of who and what they are at this point right i asked you this question in the open when you think of this team what's their identity right i i have I have an answer to this. I think, let me pause 
for dramatic effect for you to think about it one more time. The Pelicans' identity, drumroll, right? I think it's just a team that fights hard, that's scrappy and fights hard. They try every single night. They, they fight for Willie Green. I like that. That's something that I can get behind. It doesn't look like they want to tank. It doesn't look like they give up. You're going to be there in the Smoothie King Center. You're going to be able to root for this team until the final whistle in the fourth quarter or overtime. That's good. They should be really proud about that. But does their identity go beyond that? And I don't think it does. I think it's just a team that plays really hard. Again, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing. I'd rather that it be that than like not that. But when you look at this team, they're not great offensively. They're not good defensively. Even if you stretch it out to their last 15 games or so when they've started to turn things around a little bit, right? The Pelicans' defense still ranks 20th in the league. They're 8-7 and seven over their last 15. They have a bottom 10 defense. Their offense is a little bit better. It's not tremendously. It's 19th. Their net rating puts them 20th in the league. Bottom third. They turn the ball over way too much. 26 worst in the league. They turn it over 15%, 15.1% of the time over the past 15 games. If you make it 10 games, it's basically the same thing. It's like virtually the exact same thing. Their defense is actually worse over the last 10 games. 22. Their net rating is slightly worse. 20. Or my, or sorry, minus 2. Their offensive rating is 14, so that's a little bit better. But they still turn the ball over way too much. They're 21st in the league. You know, they, they fight hard. They're just not great. They're also not a good shooting team during this time and this season either. They're sound on the defensive glass, but I think that kind of comes to this team works really hard and fights really hard. That's about it, right? Like, I, I don't know what else you can kind of look at this team and be like, yes, that is the identity. It's they fight hard. They work hard for Willie Green. They kind of like each other, I think. That's a good thing. All of those are good qualities. Better to have those than not. It, it doesn't mean you shouldn't really kind of evaluate this team for what it is a team that can win but is sometimes going to need to fight really hard against teams that aren't amazing that minnesota timberwolves win is a good example of that right we've seen them kind of get worked by some of the better teams in the league they'll fight but they're probably not going to ultimately win now again giant zion sized hole in all of this but that's what i think their identity is i don't really see another identity that's kind of developed and so if your identity is you work really hard, is it much of an identity at all? I, I'm not sure. You kind of get the like philosophical nature of that question. I'm not really sure if they truly have an identity outside of that. It's important, right? But they're not good on defense. They're not. They make boneheaded mistakes. They're undersized at the guard position. They have a big man in Jonas Valanciunas who can be really good offensively, but they don't have guards that can give him the ball and get him the ball consistently. It's also an issue when it comes to Brandon Ingram sometimes and why he's handling the ball so much because they don't have a guard that can help him out. These are issues that's holding them back offensively. It's holding them back defensively. And those are things that are not letting them build an identity because of that. So what does that mean? Given all the assets we just talked about, given I think there's still somewhat of a lack of an identity. Let's talk about it in the next segment coming up here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. We go a little bit longer, which is rare, so this is kind of fun today. All right, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. Whether it's basketball, football, hockey, 
fighting, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms, five days a week, Monday through Friday, no paywall or anything like that. Okay, so we just went over, you know, all the picks that the Pelicans have, tradable assets. We we touched on the trade exception. I'm not too thrilled about that. I don't think it's going to be amounting to much. And then we went over what the Pelicans' identity is. They work hard. And is that that much of an identity, right? Like, what do they, like, hang their hat on? Everyone should be working hard, right? Everyone should be fighting. Not everyone does. And we've seen Pelicans teams quit before, so it's nice to see they don't do that now. But still, I'd like to kind of know who they are offensively, who they are defensively. And we really don't have a sense of that because of that guard position. I think it's a big uh, problem on both sides of the ball. You know, so as we gear up for the trade deadline, they need a guard. They need a lead guard so badly. They need someone that can run the pick and roll, that can get the ball in, in a good spot to Jonas Valanciunas, that can make Brandon Ingram's life easier and just get this offense clicking into a better gear. Too many turnovers that then kill their defense a little bit too, but too many turnovers because the guards aren't playmakers. We saw Nikhil maybe showed off on Tuesday night. We'll see if that stays up and keeps up, but I don't know. That hasn't been anything that we should really kind of brace ourselves and hang our hats on when it comes to him. They need a lead guard. They need a lead guard badly. They need a lead guard even with Zion Williamson here, and this is where kind of losing Lonzo Ball hurts. They don't have that. They should be... Looking for that up and down the league anywhere they can to try and get another lead, uh, to try and get a lead guard in who can really help kind of stabilize the offense, create better looks for others. Because at times, man, Pell's offense looks bad. There's moments when it looks good. It was looking good against the Minnesota Timberwolves for a while. The ball was definitely popping on passes and things like that. But you need a lead guard that can get Jonas Valanciunas a bucket so he's not taking six or seven shots per game and that's it. That number needs to go up. He's that good of a score. And then defensively, they need to press the point of attack a little bit more. They don't have someone outside of Herb Jones that can do it. Brandon Ingram stepped up in that Minnesota win. You know, he really wanted to guard Anthony Edwards down the stretch. But you need guard play has torched New Orleans for like two years now, basically ever since Drew Holiday left. You know, my criteria for using those assets, and when we look at this team, is you either need a guard that can facilitate and shoot or can facilitate and defend or defend... No, defendant, you need to be able to facilitate. That's that's kind of a requirement. Defense would be great. If you're a shooter, that's even better. I'd take facilitating one of the other two, defend or shoot if need be, because it's not going to be a perfect world. They're not going to be able to get exactly what they want. De'Aaron Fox is a big name that comes to mind when it comes to something like that. Honestly, Ben Simmons is a guy that could really kind of fit that. Can facilitate, can be a playmaker, and can defend. I just don't think they're going to kind of make a move like that. But I'm kind of at this point of like, you could sign me up for some Ben Simmons action, actually. And I think this team, without Zion, could be pretty good with Ben Simmons out there. I just don't think there's a deal that makes sense for the Philadelphia 76ers with that. But someone that can facilitate and someone that can defend would be really good to press the point of attack, kind of stabilize the Pelicans on both sides of the ball. You'd develop an offensive identity, I think, with that. You'd be a bruising team with a lead guard that doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much. And that in turn helps your defense. I don't know if they'd have a defensive identity, but the defense just wouldn't be this bad. That sounds good to me, right? 
So let me know what you think. Who should they be targeting? What kind of player should they be targeting at the NBA's trade deadline, which is less than a month away? So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Game tonight, they're taking on the Clippers. We'll recap that one tomorrow, although I'm feeling really awful. I'll be honest. I don't know if we're going to get a show. I'm hopeful. We'll see how I feel tomorrow. I'll keep you all updated on Twitter. And now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked On Bets, it's free and available on all platforms. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all maybe, maybe tomorrow.